Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Our message this evening comes from the Gospel of St. Luke, the first chapter from about the fifth verse. Luke chapter 1 about the sixth verse the bible says there was in the days of herod the king of judea a certain priest named zacharias of the course of abia and his wife was of the daughters of aaron and her name was elizabeth and they were both listen righteous before god walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless and they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in years hallelujah today I want to teach on a sermon entitled in the midst of trials if you're writing notes that someone is entitled in the midst of trials you could put a full colon there and add an independent uh, phrase how god's glory shines through our challenges how god's glory shines through our challenges this portion of scripture is quite contradictory. It is questioning so many things, especially when you are speaking to people who don't have a full revelation of the person of God and his ways. And I emphasize this word, full revelation. You remember when Paul is writing, he says that I'm blameless of any man's blood for i have not shunned to reveal to you the full counsel of god the full counsel of god or all the counsel of god in the kjv says all the counsel of god he didn't say i have not shunned to declare unto you some counsel of god or the counsel of god he used the word all the counsel of God. In other words, when we are teaching about this revelation of God, by His grace, we must walk the journey of teaching the full counsel of God, such that we live and function in balanced realms. Because when we find imbalances in our own walk of salvation, Many a time one of the dangers that you find with those imbalances is that you might set yourself against God 
with a delusion that you are actually fighting the devil. You might find yourself judging a brother, a sister, so harshly, not because they are guilty or responsible of any fault, but because you do not have the counsel of God concerning that man or woman's destiny. It is possible to scorn at another person, even ask questions you're not supposed to be asking. And some of us, every time we exercise ourselves, the Bible calls it in matters higher than ourselves. We only display a sense of pride before God. The psalmist says, Lord, my heart is not haughty. It's not proudful. No, my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or things too high for me. That in the ways of the spirit, it takes a perfect judgment to have an accurate estimation of the realms that you are able to judge. Those of you who have walked with me for many years have made mention a couple of times that if you are, for example, in the fifth dimension of the spirit, do you know by the laws that govern the judgments of the spirit, a fifth dimensional person is not even allowed to judge a fifth dimension reality or experience. You can only judge a dimension below you. A fifth dimensional person can judge a fourth, third, second and first dimensional reality but they cannot judge a fifth dimensional reality why because there's still a journey there's still phases of completion of that cycle before this person is elevated say in the sixth dimension of the spirit enough to examine the journey of the dimension before enough to be entrusted both with the responsibility and position spiritually to be able to judge that matter that is why if you're a child and you enter the house and you found your mother and father quarreling there is a principle that would deter you from giving an opinion at that level because you are a child to these individuals that doesn't mean that you don't know that your father might be wrong in that instance or your mother might be wrong in that instance but such are not your places of judgment takes great wisdom to understand that or to know how to hold your peace not to interrupt or intercept that conversation by taking sides because it's amazing the ways of the spirit will judge you not because you are not wrong in identifying who was wrong or right but because it was not your place to judge your parent take for instance some of you who are in your workplaces you are a clerk at a workplace so a supervisor at a workplace and then you have above you probably a manager and then you have uh, maybe uh, a senior managerial you know and then you probably have an executive committee okay so you are a clerk that's entry level and you find the executive uh, committee two or three members of the executive committee the head of human resource is probably exchanging I mean, maybe with the executive director, something like that. 
Do you find those two people flexing? And as a graduate clerk, you're coming and say, uh-uh, but you know, <laughs> it be here, you're wrong. Answer me. Answer me, do you? Yeah. Because they'll finish fighting and they'll turn and, <laughs> and tear you. Some Christians are unemployed because they don't have this wisdom. Some of you are functioning under indifferent clouds of struggle and strife because you crossed the line you were not supposed to cross. You should have known better. You see? So it is with the things of the Spirit. So it is with the things of the Spirit. That when a man understands the full counsel of God, they are very slow to judge a matter until they hear God. Until they hear God. What is God saying about this matter? That's a sign of maturity to wait to hear God. Even when you could express yourself according to how far you're able to interpret and judge matters. And sometimes we find ourselves very excited to judge matters. That's why Paul speaks of all the counsel, the full counsel. Look at the text I'm reading here. There's a priest called Zacharias. He's married to a daughter of Aaron, Elizabeth. The Bible says they are both righteous before God. Two they're walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. They are blameless. And they had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren and they both were now stricken in years. Sometimes when I'm praying for people who have gone through experiences as barrenness and stuff. Some who have bought children now, I can attest that sometimes when they start speaking, sometimes you can see why. Some time ago I was dealing with a lady. She had spent many years without giving birth. And the Lord told me at 15 she had aborted. And she never forgave herself. She repented. And heaven forgave her. But she never forgave herself. You know some people don't forgive themselves. And so because of that. When you carry a guilty stain. The Bible calls it a guilty stain. On your spirit. It's in a way a breach of spirit. And it can expose you to the destruction of the enemy because by reason of that state you allow punishment on your life due punishment you'd think that you deserve whatever should come and so I went through a journey of explaining to her that much as you've gone through this and you erred and the Lord knows that but you see when the Bible says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins 
and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it is true. He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. So I told her, you are forgiven and you're cleansed. Oh, but I, uh, why I killed my child? Oh, yeah, 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 I did. But you repented. You're forgiven and cleansed. Oh, but how will I ever forgive myself? So I told her, that's self-righteousness. If God has forgiven you, but you have refused to forgive yourself, what more mercy do you expect to be extended on your life? That's observing a lying vanity. When you do, you forsake your own mercy. As she understood what I was trying to explain, we prayed together. Three months later, she was pregnant. You see? So, some people go through that because of, uh, you know, having lived, having made a mistake in life and maybe carried guilty, uh, stains with them. There are many other aspects. Some things are works of witchcraft and some of them I've told them up squarely. And it's, it's many things. It's several reasons. But Elizabeth was righteous. Elizabeth was walking in all the commandments of God. She adhered to every ordinance written in scripture. She was a blameless woman and barren. And barren. Are you following what I'm saying? So, I'm meant to imply that not everybody going through some hard challenges or trials in life has done something wrong necessarily. Not everybody going through trouble, rejection, resentment has done something wrong necessarily. But you know, when you're living around people who are legal, they always are trying to ask, what this time did this person do to deserve this? And yet we forget there are people who have done worse a thousand times more, but they are operating in the very blessing in which you fall short. Do you agree? This lady kept herself to the time of marriage. First time she slept with a man. And she's struggling to conceive a child. The other one was sleeping with everyone. In fact, she got pregnant in one bar. Some bar somewhere. Full term, she's carrying a baby. Now some of you, because you don't understand the full counsel, do you know how you go to God? You start pointing fingers. God. I have kept myself. I have done A, B, and C. But look at Rachel there. You see her. You know even more than I do. But at least what I know. Why is it that she has conceived? She's not even married. She has not even God. For me, I did the right thing. I entered marriage and that's when I gave in my body. Look at this lady called. For her, she has gone out, done everything. She has conceived free of charge. And then some of you get angry with God. God is not fair. 
fact, I'm not going back to church. <laughs> I'm not going to pray. Lord, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I give my first fruits. I give everything that you want in scripture. But I know Brother Ben. <laughs> Brother Ben is one of the meanest man I know. He has glue in his hands. Not the Ben who is in service. Or the one watching. The one I'm talking about is not in service and is not watching. He doesn't contribute anything. He has never bought anybody anything. But look at the car he's passing. And as you're praying, Brother Ben passes with his zwa. <laughs> he says, hello. <laughs> Sister Ophelia. Or on the extreme, some of you use the graces and glories that you have amassed through this journey, which are entirely by the grace of God, and then you start using those as reference to justify your righteousness. You remember the Pharisee in Luke 18, the 11th verse? He says, I thank God that I'm not as other men <laughs> who are extortioners, unjust, adulterers or even as this publican i fast twice in a week i give tithes of that all that i possess i do this and i do that i thank you lord because i'm not like that guy that man of god that sister for me i live right for him look at how he lives we also have those self-righteous ones who point fingers at everybody else's weakness they even extend it on children I thank you, Lord, because my daughter is this and that and that. But look at Nankabirwa's daughter. She comes later this time. She's a drunkard and oh, oh, oh. How short-sighted. That is a sign that you're not yet mature. You don't yet know God as you ought. Elizabeth was righteous. Zacharias was a priest. He had served God all his life from his youthful days. Yet, they are barren and they have no child. And it's not new. You've read several stories and I could give you a couple of them. Job, the Bible described him as a blameless and unupright man who fears God and eschews evil. But how many of you don't know the immense suffering that this dear man went through, including the loss of his family, his wealth, and an affliction to his health? Joseph in the Old Testament. This young man who faces numerous hardships. He's hated by his own brothers for being favored by his father. He's sold into slavery by his brothers. He's taken as a servant in Potiphar's house. His wife accuses him of a deed that he had not done and he has to be thrown into prison in Egypt. These men who went through all of this are showing us something that this is not the beginning and the end of such experiences. David is described as a man after God's own heart. We also see the hardships that he goes through, the trials throughout his life. He has killed Goliath. 
He has earned his right in the palace. He sent out on the forefront in the battalion to fight the enemies of Israel. He succeeds and kills tens of thousands for the sake of Saul. But now this very man he's fighting for betrays him. And he wants to kill him because he's jealous of the victories over a boy who is fighting for the man's kingdom. Amnon, Repstamar, these are his own children. We see the brothers of Tamar kill Amnon. This is a righteous man, a man after God's own heart. His own son, Absalom, turns against him and gangs up with Joab to destroy his kingdom. And he is chased out of his own throne by his own seed. That is a man after God's own heart. Paul in the New Testament, we see the experiences very significant in his ministry. The journeys that lead him into imprisonments, shipwrecks, persecution, false accusation, slander. Some say that we say that let us do evil so good should come. All of these are written as examples to show you. That's just how it works. Sometimes, oh, let me correct it. For most of the part, those of you who are going to really be used mightily by God, you must prepare yourself early and buttress your soul to expect any sort of unfair treatment from this world. It's wicked. That's just how it goes. You can be hated without cause. You can be accused of something you actually have no clue about. And like the story of Joseph, for example, look at it intricately. This lady says, he was raping me. She has stolen her clothes. Those who know her, if they don't know any history of her lewdness, they would say, why would she lie? It is obvious to us that surely this young man has a problem. <laughs> Where there is smoke, there is fire. Has somebody here ever woken up to an accusation you have no clue about of a thing you have not done but almost all proof points to you and you'd even sympathize with those accusing you and say ah, ah even if i was in their place surely i would accuse me do i have some hands up there that's happened to many of us if it doesn't happen to you it's only a matter of time it's coming it's coming it's coming brother it's coming it's coming it's coming it's coming surely it's coming Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But whatever these men and women are going through, I don't want you to forget they fear God. They have a relationship with God. They love Him. They are serving Him. But it has happened. And that is why I emphasize that not everybody going through whatever they are going through is going through those situations because they did something wrong. 
some people are exactly like the story of Elizabeth and Zacharias. Let me tell you why it's beautiful when I study Luke. And you remember some of you have been following me. I give so much reference from Luke because he sees very uniquely. And I'm not saying that I don't appreciate Mark or Matthew. Everyone has their uniqueness. John has a uniqueness. He has a grace to summarize deep things. If you're a student of depth, you study the Gospels of John. For example, if you study John, you'll find about seven miracles. Number seven means perfection. If you study each of those miracles, you can understand the dimensions of healing. You see? So he brings some so deep thought and summarizes it in a way of a planter. You know? In, in essence, for me, he reconciles so much to the way I minister. Okay? My ministry is of a planter. I know how to plant many things. It takes... A certain grace to know how to water what I'm planting. I can say one sentence, but it means so many things. If you're hearing me, you can pick it. If you're a student of the word, I can say one statement, but it will mean so many things. I'm not the kind who will get on that one thing and try to expound it to give so much meaning to it. I'm the kind who will plant so deep and let you go to unpack it, you see? That's, that's John. Luke also has a uniqueness. He has a very unique eye. He's the kind who knows how to interpret what I call the hidden instructions of the Spirit. The things that are so hidden for you to see. And why? Because he, he saw the order. He saw a pattern to things. Such a unique writer. Matthew has his uniqueness. Mark has his uniqueness. But the uniqueness of Luke is the order. Because every time you define pattern, you can identify the missing pieces. You understand? You don't miss out the detail. It's just an amazing guide. If you remember when he writes in chapter 1, and Aries emphasized this, he says, For as much as many have taken in hand to send forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. In other words, he saw the order of those which had written before him. He also saw a certain order as they were writing. But he identified certain details and also defined a deeper place of a certain order. Even as they delivered them unto us which from the beginning were eyewitnesses, it says in verse 2, and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had a perfect understanding of all those things which I wrote in order from the first. He didn't need to add to the second or the third or the fourth. He's telling you, began from the first. To write unto thee, he says also, in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou might have the certainty of things in which you have been instructed, that you'll be established in the spiritual realities of the instructions you receive from men. Hallelujah. Study how Luke gives this story. He says there is a man called Zacharias of the course of Abia. And there is a daughter of Aaron called Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God. Walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Listen to the language in verse 7. And 
they had no child. Who has understood it? Oh. Somebody would have written, but they had no child. But Luke said, and they had no child. Who has understood it? Haha, you're coming. They were righteous. They were living right. They obeyed all the commandments of God. They followed every ordinance to the letter. And before God, they were blameless. But the Bible didn't say, but they had no children. If Luke used the language, but they had no children, that would mean that divine thought had recognized a shortfall, a weakness with men, a man and a woman, which had walked righteous and blameless before God. But Luke says, verse 7 shows us by Luke's language that it was not a problem. It was just an incomplete story. You see, he's not saying, but. Pastor, I'm living righteous, but I failed to get a husband. I'm giving my tithe, but I'm broke. That would mean that by language, you have recognized that you are doing all that is right by scripture to the letter, but you still see some conflicting realities in your life. When Luke is writing, he doesn't see any conflict with the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah. He sees simply an incomplete narrative of Zechariah and Elizabeth. He doesn't say, but they did not have a child. No, he says, and they had no, and they had no child. But this is just the beginning of a story that you see by the mind of the spirit is not going to end as though they are seeking to solve a problem but as we see in the order and pattern Luke writes that actually we see the mind of God in them being buried maybe let me ask it this way imagine Zachariah and Elizabeth had had John very early, maybe 15 years earlier. And Jesus is born after 15 years. It would conflict with the time when John should go in the wilderness and start as a precursor of the inauguration or orientation of the age concerning the coming of the kingdom and the person of Christ. It would conflict so much in the timing of heaven. So what does God do? Did you get it? If he had gotten come before time, it means the spirit of Elijah which must come first 
to pronounce the coming of the kingdom and the establishment of the testimony of God through the Messiah would have a conflict in heavenly timing. So, much as Zacharias had gotten married to Elizabeth earlier, they were married according to divine purpose, waiting according to divine purpose, because a time has to come where within the same time when Elizabeth is pregnant, Mary is pregnant, that there's a reconciliation of things for two sounds and voices to communicate to each other that I am sent for to prepare for something or to lay the foundation of your coming. Am I preaching to somebody? Are you following what I'm saying? So, God says, I know when John should come in. Because this guy, the Bible says, when he comes into this woman's womb, God says, he shall be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Let me tell you a secret many of you had never taken time to study. And it blew me when I saw it. No man before John was anointed as John. Not even Abraham. Not even Moses. Not even Elijah. None. No, read your Bible. The Bible says, no man born by a woman was greater than John. What did John teach? John taught only one sentence. Prepare ye. The kingdom of God is at hand. You go back. The Bible says, There has not risen any greater. Very, I said to you, Among them that are born of women, There has not risen are greater than John. John was greater than Elijah. John was greater than our father Abraham. John was greater than Moses. John was greater. And the Spirit told me, do you know why many can't teach about John? How many really can teach about John? No one greater born by a woman you've been reading it every day but I don't think you ever thought about it no one greater was born by a woman no one greater than John so if you want to talk about anointings this could help you think how anointed John was how anointed John was that man was anointed the Bible says it was a bright and shining light. John the Baptist. He was a burning and a shining light. And men rejoiced in his light. Something deep there. In men rejoicing in your light. But 
John was anointed. Because you think about it. How much anointing would a man need to baptize Jesus? You think you just put him in the water and out? Do you know what it takes for a man to baptize God? Do you know how much glory you need to contain in your body to baptize the Christ? John was anointed. Can a man of that level of anointing have delayed to come because the womb he came out of was attacked by the devil. You, you understand what I'm saying? Some of you need to see things in light of how God sees them. Some of you think that I'm a hard worker. I give my tithes, but I'm poor. Yet according to heavenly language, you're a hard worker giving your tithes and you're going through a financial challenge. You, you're and going through, not but. You're just and. It, it's a journey. There's something. There's oh, there is something. That this circumstance you're going through is preparing you for. Such people don't spend nights breaking generational curses. Hey, such people don't lose appetite and sleep trying to understand who bewitched them because there is a level you can't bewitch. There are some people that are bewitchable. There are some people you can't bewitch. Some are bewitchable. Others you can't. They can't sit in a deliverance service. Even when they raise their hands, nothing will go off them because nothing is on them. Come on, somebody. They are and barren, not but barren. They are they are and barren. Shata copra de gatalamba de gazo. They are and driving a Nua. <laughs> they are and struggling with school fees. They are and not yet married. <laughs> they are and looking for school fees. <laughs> not but looking for school fees. They are and fired. <laughs> Not but fired. <laughs> oh, if somebody's in the middle of this service, they can't get what I'm saying. You need to go to the beginning first to understand what I'm saying. And they had no child. Not because there was a demon spirit frustrating that order. No. There was a bigger plan and purpose of God waiting for the right time of fulfillment and manifestation. 
that is why some people are bold enough to say rejoice not over me or my enemy don't clap yet to think that I've failed don't celebrate yet to think that this is the end of my story mine is not a but mine is a and it's only a matter of time you will discover that God was in my story I look delayed but God was in my story I look rejected but God was in my story he says when I fall I shall rise there's a lady who is delayed in marriage not because they have a generational curse no sir Elijah is just being prepared <laughs> she's going to her mother the future president but he must be born in a certain period because if he's born earlier it might conflict with a time when he should run for presidency. Slap somebody and tell them they're talking about me. That is why I want people. Don't scorn at a man who has a covenant. Don't laugh at a woman who has a covenant. Things might not be working, but she is under some order that can be commanded the next day to see light in darkness. when you get to understand God a certain way you add springs in your steps a little and people say but why is he confident because mine is an and not a but There is a glory of God going to be revealed very soon. I just need to know how to position myself and stay standing in the storm. Don't fall. Don't drop back. Don't give up. Keep moving on. Keep moving on. Keep fighting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ours is an and. Maybe you have a very torn bag. You're seated in service with an old wig. And that's just your story, not but your story. One day that very bag will be the testimony. You'll find a weeping woman and you'll tell her, look at where I came from.
Let me tell you. Some of us, the things we have gone through. It's amazing you even listen to us. When I look at where I come from. My personal story. That in 1992, my grandfather, my father, we didn't even have a burial ground in our names on earth. And Lubega Grace was born in that family. Not but. <laughs> and. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? But what God has done those years, God has given us so much as a house. So much. So much. I am living proof that it doesn't matter where you begin from. Just begin with God. Just begin with God. There's a person here. Your story begins like and she had no father and mother because they had died earlier and she was not raised by her father because he left early you're not a victim yours is an and not a but stop feeling sorry for yourself stop carrying reproach and victimizing yourself because let me tell you something the bible says let's consider our calling brethren not many of us were wise not many of us were noble not many of us were mighty some of you are just forgetful but i and i always make this statement some of us where we come from men don't come from there they die there but i have people who had to come out because their predicament was an and, not a but. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Yes, 50. It's my 55. You're not married. So what? Your grandmother gave birth at 90. Hey! hey, hey. Woo! Last year we had the 58 year old, I think 58, bring forth. You play, don't joke with God. He can restore the years that were eaten by the cankerworm, the caterpillar. He can restore them. My story is an and, not a but. Not a but. Hallelujah. 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 There's somebody here you've been losing sleep waking up in the night. Thinking from 3 a.m. On an and experience. Going for deliverance service. To cast out. What is the will and purpose of God? I told people once that if you had studied Joseph, you'd think he had the spirit of rejection. No, sir. The boy was on a journey. 
No, no, look at him. Beaten by his brother. You take him to a, a deliverance service. My God. They would say he has Lutwe in Luganda. <laughs> we have a word called Lutwe. I'll translate that. It means <laughs> that thing that makes people hate you and accuse you for nothing. And if you look at Joseph, truly he had it. Quote and unquote. He's being hated by his own brothers. He's thrown in a pit. Sold. Goes in Potiphar's house. And Lutwe. <laughs> Rejection comes. And a woman accuses him of something he has not done. And then he interprets the dream of Pharaoh's servant. And they promise him, I'll remember you in my glory. The fellow forgets him. Lutwe. Rejection. But no brother. God is setting the young man up. So I can imagine somebody with that kind of pattern and they're in a deliverance service raising their hands and these guys are saying in the name of Jesus fire nothing will come off you <laughs> because there was nothing on you in the first place and you know these guys will come and say mm -mm, but this one has a strong one <laughs> they don't know they are fighting Jesus him This is too strong. It is too strong. You cast, you cast nothing. Then they put you on the side and start counseling you. You know what? Eh? Release yourself. You're not allowing the Holy Spirit to go through you. But yet, when you sit under the service of a man releasing the anointing, you're out. <laughs> Because the spirit comes and he finds some consecration in you. Boom! Explosion. Who is following what I'm saying? Mine is an and not a but. Hallelujah. And they had no child because Elizabeth was blind. And God appears surely to Zacharias an angel comes standing on the right side of the altar of incense and tells him fear not Zacharias for thy prayer is heard and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son and thou shalt call his name John and thou shalt have joy and gladness and many shall rejoice at his birth for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb and many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of fathers to children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make greater people prepared for the Lord. That is why when Zacharias asked the very question and said, whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well stricken with age. The Bible says, The angel said unto him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I'm sent to speak unto thee and to show thee glad tidings. And behold, you shall be dumb and not be able to speak until the day these things shall be performed because you believed not my words. 
You believed not my words. You didn't believe what God said. Because you're looking at the years. How old you are and your wife. You're looking at how impossible it is according to your qualifications. You're looking at how impossible it is according to your age, your weight. Your color, your connections. Mm -mm. When God has spoken, He has spoken. Hallelujah. And you know, Sarah doubted, but God never strikes her with dumbness. You know why He does it to Zechariah? He's a priest. You know, judgments that it's for another day. The judgments on the priestly office are quite interesting to study. Back to what I'm trying to tell us here. When Paul sees this, that's why he says in Romans chapter 8 verses 18. And I want you to read the Amplified Version. Because there's something so beautiful for you, to, for you to see here. He says, But what of that? He says, For I consider, I consider, and I want you to see that, that, but what of that was not original in the text. That's why it's in brackets, right? So you don't need to take it because it's not in the original text. Let me begin from after. He says, For I consider, that the sufferings of this present time this present life are not worth being compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to be revealed to us and in us and for us and conferred on us Whatever you are going through has an end of glory. If it's an unexperienced, not a bad experience. This is the thing that ministers hope in your spirit amidst your challenges. This is the thing that makes you prepared differently because you are wired differently. You are oriented divergently you know that you know have you ever found a person who really knows god and they go for an interview and they say um sorry uh we've not considered you and they come out of the interview say, so huh you got the job no <laughs> so, why you see it's not mine mine is bigger <laughs> these are people who are convinced that this shall end in the glory of God so they come out dancing dancing those are the ones I call oriented divergently they're divergents they don't simply fit in the norm they always stand out of the narrative they just look like they are not on the earth that's how Christians are supposed to be. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we're supposed to be. So somebody's really dancing. Why? Because I asked for a job and you were paying 10 million and they've said I can't have that million. It's evident that the job coming for me. <laughs> Let me make it easier. If he has chucked me. <laughs> if such a rich man can chuck me, then it means <laughs> my husband, the, the one I'm going. <laughs> oh! One person sang, Greater things are yet to come. Are you following what I'm saying? So they chuck you and they find you on a plate of chicken. And they say, look at that dear woman. Maybe she's losing her mind. She escapism. No. You can't escape where you're not held in the first place. Did you get what I just said? I'm talking to that person who was fired because they could not compromise their conviction. And somebody says, Apostle, they sidestepped me. They chased me. They fired me. Why? Because at the point when they wanted me to manipulate the figures and put up a diem that was not due and take money that wasn't due, I said no. And they fired me. That one, I take them out for lunch. I congratulate them. No, we don't go into pity parties of, oh, sorry. Hey, Bambi, you know people are wicked this time, eh? The world is wicked, eh? No. That's the kind of person who should take themselves out and buy a nice plate of pork. Platter. With all condiments. And varieties of foods. Eat yourself until your eyes can't see. Because surely there is an end and your expectation shall not be cut short. God can not let the righteous be forsaken. He will not let the believer be put to shame. There is always an end to that story. But you might frustrate it by how you react to that circumstance. Because the way you react will define whether your story is an and or a but praise the lord jesus he said now listen to the language in amplified and why this is important why i'm trying taking time to stress this because he has said the sufferings of the present time or this present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed it has to begin by the revelation of God's glory to you. In other words, you must first understand it. Before that job understands it. Before the circumstances understand it. Before the situations that are frustrating you understand it. Before everybody who is judging you understands it. You must first understand it. Listen, he says it cannot be compared to the glory that is about to be revealed. Firstly to us, this must come as revelation or insight. For you to see and understand things according to the mind of God. 
once this glory is revealed to you then it goes to the next layer where it shall be revealed in you and then it goes to the level where it's revealed for you and conferred on you don't expect to be conferred upon or revealed on of a thing that has not yet been revealed to you God sees it do you see it God knows it do you know it this is the reason for this sermon for whatever trial you are in right now that's why the title is in the midst of trials whatever trial you are into right now I want you to understand you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus you are the righteousness of God God is no longer putting a charge on you based on your performance but based entirely on what Christ has done for us through his death and resurrection you bear the righteousness of God on your life as a mark and seal of God's love toward you in other words don't disqualify yourself you might not be so faithful but he abides faithful I'm not saying misbehave you know some of you now are going to say ah now he's teaching people no 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 that's not what I'm trying to say the seal of righteousness produces good works in us right living it's not a license for us to live irresponsibly and break pattern and principle it is fosters right living hallelujah hallelujah it teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts that we should see live soberly righteously and godly in this present world so you should understand the way and the heart of grace okay but you are the righteousness of god are you following what i'm saying now the scripture has said whatever glory should come it must be revealed to you you must understand the mind of god concerning this because it's the only way it shall be revealed in you for you and conferred upon you that is the power of manifestation whatever you call conferred upon is the power of manifestation for the world to see that truly the glory of God was with her all along if you have lived this life of salvation long enough you will find people who you thought had come to an end because of what they went through and they bounced back in such a way that it would even make you annoyed with God if you're not stable you can even cut a wire for God and say ah it seems you're not serious some of you think God ain't serious because of the way he's dealing with some people no they simply had the revelation of God's glory in the midst of their challenges their storm their trials their eyes could still see that there is an end to this the glory of God is going to be revealed they never lost sight 
they never lost sight. It's delay, it's not denial. It's not denial. It's rejection, it's not disqualification. They know. It's only a matter of time. These things will turn. And when, not if. When they turn. When they turn. God will do it so aggressively. That the whole world should know. In fact. There are things that have been done to me. Somebody one day said something so wrong about me. So wrong. So wrong. Untrue. And it was so it was so slanderous and I went to God I said God what do you do with such a human being and I had that still small voice tell me prepare for the next level hmm? prepare for the next level imagine going to God thinking you want him to give you vengeance of the one who hates you and God shows you I'm not even looking at them they are not even <laughs> they are not even anywhere near to your narrative that's not even where I'm at if I allowed that to happen it's only because I just wanted to throw you to a higher place of glory that there's very ears that heard of this that could have missed the testimony of the glory in your life let them be harvested in this slander so that when I lift you the very ears will understand you even better than they could have understood you before the trouble and God can do that you can go through a very bad breakup only for God to birth a ministry. <laughs> because it was an ant, it wasn't a bat. It wasn't a bat. Whoever knew that out of the brokenness of Mama Joyce Mayer, and the rep she went through with her own biological father was the very foundation God was going to use to birth an international ministry out of that woman's life who's watched by billions of people in the world whoever knew that God would present such a greatness and strength out of such a broken woman who ever knew Maria Woodworth Etta buried almost all her children and put them in this earth and she's left alone with many questions wishing herself dead because she has buried everything almost everything that came out of this womb and God said, now I can use you. Let me use you to save many. This God is not limited by your predicament. He's not limited by how much you've lost. He can begin with your broken pieces and construct the most beautiful piece. And at the end of the day, 
When I look at the women who have influenced the anointing on my life, I always say, Maria was Eta is one of the most notable anointings that touched my life significantly. That in whatever weakness, there were sons and daughters going to be burst years later and receive of the glory that God placed on such a testimony. Because that's just how God works. That's just how God works. Even in what looks so bad, God can start constructing and beautifying your mess. That he can save millions and millions of people through your ministry. You hear a young man who is a devil worshiper since he's a child. But God's eyes on him. Because one day he will use him when it matters most. This God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't even care where you are. He cares that you understand that this is an and. Paul was a murderer. He witnessed the murdering of saints and was putting up his hands. He said, I persecuted this way and wasted it. But whatever was happening by Paul, God was saying, this fellow is going to lay the foundation of the New Testament. This guy. Does he deserve it? More than the Matthews which were faithful from beginning to the end. Does he deserve that qualification? More than the Jones that never left the man's side. But he still chose Paul. Because he knew that the heart of Paul I can use. I always tell people. God chooses hearts. Not stories. It doesn't matter how bad the story is. He knows your heart. He knows what he can do by you. That is why. It's very important to reveal to people the glory of God. The glory of God. For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. When we reveal the person of Christ, every time we're preaching the person of Christ, why Paul says when I was among you, I sought to know nothing, be acquainted of nothing, save Christ and him crucified. It's because the more we give you Christ and the glory of God is revealed to you and it can come to your spirit to see the end of the Lord. It affirms and buts that hope in you to know that regardless of how crazy and mad my narrative is, there's still a place that God has consecrated to do his best in this broken vessel. This is the reason why we still come back every Thursday, every Sunday, why we keep attending services every week, because we've never lost that hope that God, not can, is going to do something in this mess. In this mess but it has to be revealed to us and then it sinks in us for us first 
before it is revealed to men and conferred upon us. Let's finish. For even, now listen to this. Not only are you waiting for the revelation of that glory to you, for you, in you, even the creation, all nature, these trees you see, the lakes, the rivers, the ground you're standing, everything you see on earth waits expectantly and longs earnestly for you, God's son, to be known. It waits for the revealing, the disclosing of your sonship. In other words, when you lost your baby, the trees, these trees here, have a godly incense in them, a conscience in their innermost core that waits for God to turn your story. That is why people who have understood this, they can't die because a sheep capsized. Because even the lake would have to cough you out. Because it says no. She can't drown before she gives birth. Did you understand what I'm saying? Have you understood why some people live like the earth yields forth its fruit and substance to them? Because they've come to the revelation of that glory. The ground you're walking on is waiting for your marriage. The day they announce you in church, <laughs> the tectonic plates will shift and start dancing. You might not see it, but it's a known fact in physics that nothing is static on earth. Everything is vibrating to a certain degree. You just need to design the frequency. So some of these things shaking on the earth, some of these winds blowing, they are, they are blowing for certain men. The elements of weather are changing because they are celebrating something. My God, my God. He says creation is waiting for the revelation of God's son. For creation was subject to frailty to futility condemned to frustration not because of some intention of fault on its part but by the will of him who subjected it yet with the hope that nature creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and corruption and gain an entrance into the glorious freedom of God's children in other words even the trees are affected by your circumstances and they can be brought to some frailty and corruption because they are waiting for your salvation. That when your salvation is coming, even to them, it's a release in the freedom to partake of what you have been relieved of. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. Somebody didn't understand what I just said. A woman can get married in Karamoja and the feminine seizes. 
has understood what I just said? There are some things waiting for your glory. There was a time it was impossible to have such a meeting in Kampala. Kampala was just waiting for me. <laughs> Tap your neighbor and tell him, wait, you will see. So even creation is subject to bondage. Subject to bondage. You have read it in scripture, when man sinned, and literally the whole land was cursed. When Cain killed Abel, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the blood of Abel, it refused to give Cain fruit. It refused, it couldn't. When Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, God told him from today, you shall have to work with your hand. And with the sweat of your brow, thou shalt eat. Before that, Adam didn't even need to dig or plant a seed. Everything was working itself out. But see how creation is subject to bondage because of Adam's sin. That means there must be redemption of creation at the righteousness of a man. When Jesus died and went in hell and shook it or not to nothing, even the ask of dead men, the earth literally, the Bible says the dead were seen walking. People came out of the grave. The earth coughed dead men and they walked because the Son of God was displaying glory tell your neighbor mine is an and not a but i have no curse on me no witchcraft can pursue me mm -mm 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 -mm. there's a bigger story the revelation of his glory on my life i feel something has to be birthed here open your mouth let's start breaking forth let us break forth let's express ourselves if you can't speak in tongues speak any other way pray in whichever way you can but let's pray as a covenant of agreement this is a covenant this is an agreement prayer it's a corporate prayer agreeing with the word of god and what he has spoken concerning our lives take some time off and start to pray pray be still my soul the Lord is on your side patiently the cross of grief or oh, pain grief to thy God to all 
and preaching He faithful will remain Be still my soul Thy best, thy heavenly friend Through storm
Wi-Fi is working. Your heart pumps right. In the name of Jesus, that blood disease leaves.
For I reckon, brethren, that the sufferings of this present hour cannot be compared to the glory that shall be revealed, the weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, for the things which are seen, they are temporal. They have an expiration. But the things which are not seen are eternal. We look at the eternal. We look at the eternal. We see God as he is. We receive that counsel. All is well. Give him a mighty hand for the praise. Come on, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate Jesus, celebrate Jesus, celebrate Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you Lord, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. One more thing before we get out of here, most important moment of the service. If you're here and you've never submitted your life to Jesus, today's the day you contact Jesus as your personal and savior today is the day you change your story from but to and so if you're there and you say I want Jesus not only has he guaranteed your salvation but he has guaranteed to preserve you to the end for eternal life so if you're there and you say I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior I want to be born again this night. Repeat this words after me from your heart. Say, Father God, I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Today, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Today, I submit my life to you to lead, to order. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.